This is Grace Grit and Getting It Done, the podcast for women who want to focus on their personal development and their professional priorities, increase their earnings, expand their influence, and advance up the leadership ladder all the way into the C-suite. Hi, I'm your host, Lisa Gillette. My podcast, Grace Grit and Getting It Done, offers a practical guide for women working in the corporate arena. Weekly episodes feature conversations with recognized experts, authors, and influencers. I'm covering topics from navigating corporate culture and coping with gender bias to prioritizing self-care and managing work-life balance. For more information, or if you'd like to contact me, send an email to lisa at bigsky.coach. Do you stay awake at night worrying about money? Are you thinking about having to pay for your kid's college education and your kid is still in preschool? Or maybe you're worried about an elderly parent or just paying your own bills. Look, you are not alone. In a recent survey, over 47% of all adults, men and women, worry about money and they're losing sleep over it. Money is a common source of anxiety for so many of us. Well, today we are going to talk about money. So I've got to start out like I normally do, talking about, you got it, the pay gap. We know that women earn anywhere from 54 cents to 91 cents on the dollar compared to a man in the same role with the same title and the same level of experience. And so that's the number one priority that we really need to address. The other priority we need to address is most women have a very uncomfortable relationship with money. In another survey by Business Wire, less than 23% of the women surveyed felt that they were financially prepared for their future, for their retirement, for their current lifestyle. And only 19% of all the women in that survey called themselves financially savvy. What does that mean? Well, they got over their discomfort talking about money and they took their sense of financial control and made some choices. And we're going to talk about those choices today because my guest is Renee Cohen. She's a certified financial planner. She's a longtime friend and a former colleague, and she has answers. So as I like to say, if you have a need for a filling, you're going to go to a dentist. If you have a need to repair your car, you're going to go to an auto mechanic. If you have questions about your finances and you need to plan for your retirement and you want to make sure that you have some resources today to enjoy your life, you're going to want to see a certified financial planner. So today's podcast is going to be a great source of information for you to make some decisions about how you want to take control of your finances. Here's another bit of data I want to share with you from another uh survey. This is in The Economist. This is an online newspaper regarding all focused on finance. And in their most recent survey, 50% of women value security and well-being. But almost 50% of women, 47%, in fact, feel very uncomfortable talking about money. And they associate negative emotions with financial planning. Isn't that crazy? It's kind of like you've got a toothache, but you don't want to go to the dentist. And when you end up there is when you really need a dentist. So seek expert advice. Here's the crazy thing. And this is according to The Economist, too. Women control in this country over $20 trillion in assets. Could be cash, 
could be savings, stocks, bonds, houses, real estate, 20 trillion. So 66% of the wealth in this country is controlled by women. We're, we're making the purchasing decisions and we spend over 7 trillion annually. So not only do we have more power and control now, I mean, look, it was not until 1974 that a woman could apply for a loan and get a credit card without having a co-signer, without having either her father, her husband, or her brother co-sign. That's not the case now. So not only do we have more assets and more power, but we're not getting the most out of it. We're not planning. So I'd like to ask you, what's your money mindset? Is it one of scarcity or is it one of abundance? The scarcity mindset is really kind of related to the inner critic. And oh, we're going to be talking about that a little bit too. That little voice in your head that says, you're wrong. Don't do that. Don't try that. Who do you think you are? That scarcity mindset may be telling you that you're not worthy of success or abundance. It may be saying to you that wealth is bad, power is bad, money is bad. But you know what? Resources are good. And resources mean that you have the assets to do what you need to do in your life and to support the people you love. Some other scarcity mindset tells or uh, if I if I have money, I'm going to lose my sense of integrity, or I will be selfish, or uh, it's improper or rude to talk about money or to want money, or here's the real kicker, please don't fall into this. I'm too busy to spend time planning my retirement and planning, making the best possible use of the money I have now, making it work for me. The no time excuse is just shooting yourself in the foot. So this is from a friend of mine who shared with me, and she's a psychologist. She said, often women equate our financial situation with our sense of worthiness. And honestly, that's not just women, that's men too. So when we feel like we're not financially secure and we don't know how to become financially secure, it can prevent us from seeking support. And then the worry and the anxiety becomes too overwhelming. And that's when it starts to impact our stress and our mental health. So reach out for help. That's the message. Here's the abundant mindset. Wealth creates freedom, not only for me, but for the people I love. Wealth and empowerment are healthy for me. I know many of us want to make more money and we not, we don't want to make it because we want to buy more Gucci handbags or more leather jackets. What we really want to do is take care of the people we love. We may have children with special needs. We may have parents who are elderly who need 24 seven care. We may want to be saving to buy a home for our family. These are all good reasons to want more money. Another bit of the abundant mindset that we want to embrace is that wealth is meant to flow. It experiences not only positivity and empowerment, but happiness for the people we love, security. And we want to stop telling ourselves we're not deserving and give yourself the mantra, you are deserving and you are worthwhile and you do deserve to be financially secure and that you can contribute to others when you have financial security and abundance. And today we're talking with my guest, Renee Cohen. She has helped 
thousands of women control their finances so they can enjoy life now and be set for tomorrow. Renee, welcome. Hi, Lisa. Thanks for having me. Oh, I'm so thrilled you're here. So let's jump in because this is a big issue for a lot of women. We're not comfortable talking about money. And I know you focus primarily on women. And I'd really like to hear how you help women get agency of their finances and overcome that discomfort. Well, you said it at the beginning, it's money mindset. And I think the biggest thing is for women to really have a healthy relationship with money. And there's always a point in our financial life, whether it is, uh, you know, in your 30s, in your 40s, maybe in your 20s, your 50s, your 60s. I work with women at all different ages. And there's usually a point where you're like, okay, I no longer can do this on my own or I'm at a pain point where I have to figure this out. And I think we're, we're taught the sooner the better. Um, but at the end of the day, there's usually some sort of pain point, And that's where someone's like, I need to get this figured out. It's either, again, uh, some sort of either life milestone. And it's usually attached when women are coming to me, I'm talking with them. It is usually about some mindset that they have been carrying, some narrative that they've been carrying you know, whether that started in childhood and maybe developed even further into their adulthood is that we are now having to comb away all of the negative or the, the narratives that they've been telling themselves about money. That really, to me, is the foundation before we can really then talk about all the nerdy tactics on how to grow your money. But, you know, I think that- <laughs> I'm so sorry. I, 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 so you're talking about limiting beliefs. And yeah. I do have to share that many times as women, we are, you know, talking about money is rude. Don't do it. And mm-hmm. that sets us up for lack of success. So when someone comes to you, say, who, I, and this is what happened to me. I Many years ago, I went from my second job in management to my third job in management, and I had a really big pay bump. And so for someone like me, what is the first thing, you know, where it was like, ooh, money through the fingers. What's the first thing you would say to someone like that? Is don't let the lifestyle creep get to you, right? It's, I When you think about your money, um, and I, I'll take a quick step back, it's, I think the financial advice that we've heard from the very beginning, right? is like, save your money, save, 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 and budget. And, you know, and all of these stories tend to come from a scarcity mindset because as an adult, when we're not really taught how to budget, we're just like, okay, now we're on our own and now we're trying to navigate this. And life is not linear. We all have fixed expenses, but there's so much of our life that isn't linear, that isn't black and white on, in a spreadsheet. So we may start the narrative of, well, I have to track my spending and, you know, every dollar. And if I go, if I go a dollar more somewhere, then I'm completely, I screwed up the month and, you know, I might as well, it's kind of like binging, right? You're like, if I eat the two slices of pizza, I might as well just eat the whole pie, you know, like, I mean, I like pizza, I'll eat three slices and I'll be guilty, feel guilty. But, you know, I think that's where 
when I talk to women, I felt this in myself too, is just when it comes from budgeting. And if you can remove the word budgeting and think about it as cash flow, I am the CEO of my cash flow, whatever that looks like, you know, whether that was me right out of school making $30,000 and uh, I still don't know how I survived on that, but you know, making $30,000 or as your income increases, yes, as your income increases, you can afford maybe to upgrade your lifestyle but that lifestyle creep will will 100% be with you. And if you're allowing that, the lifestyle creep to now navigate your decision-making and your spending, you're not going to see any sort of salary increase. And so that's where I always like for people, instead of thinking about it from budgeting and thinking about, you know, line items and how much I can spend on, you know, on X, Y, and Z, it's to think about it in percentages. I can spend somewhere between 50 to 60% on my fixed expenses. That includes housing, that includes cars, the things that you, that you need to you know, pay for that run your life. And then you're splitting the difference between saving and uh, your wants the rest of the month. So, you know, in a high cost living city like Los Angeles, like we're both in, you know, I see that mostly like housing costs are usually when I, or housing, or I say fixed expenses is somewhere like is closer to 60%, right? So now, now you understand your salary. So as your salary is increasing, you can keep the same percentages and that includes your wants. So now 25% or 20% or 30% of your lifestyle needs are being met by a higher number when you think about it in percentages. So, but not with, but continuing to advocate for your future self, right? So often people will get a salary increase and they're like, but I can't save still. I'm like, that's just an excuse. Yeah, totally. Um, percentages for me and metrics are really comfortable, but I know a lot of women, and I think this is socially ingrained, oh, I'm not good at math. And so that kind of leads into that disconnect from 60%, 25%, what, what? So how do you, that's like such a basic fear. How do you hold someone's hand through that? Well, one is, is to throw out the narrative that I'm not good at math. Personal finance does not mean that you have to be a math wizard. It means that I have a handy calculator in front of me and my clients know that as much as I maybe enjoy numbers, doesn't mean that my, what I do to help them isn't just, about the numbers. But if you get stuck and you're doing this on your own, there's a handy thing called a calculator. So if you're bringing in $5,000 a month, and this is where you're going to catch me, I can't, I don't know 60% offhand. I use a calculator. You know, someone's (laughs) talking to me and you're like, Hey, I'm bringing in $5,000 a month. Well, let's bring out our, let's bring out our handy calculator. I'll do that right now. You know, $5,000 a month, time or time 60, it means that you can spend 3,000 right, a month right. on your fixed expenses. And we kind of I love that. I love that. That's great. We use technology and we need to remember that our phones have calculators. And so none of us have any excuse for not taking control of our finances, even when we're not good at math. So I, I want to exactly. ask you, because you've got such a practical approach and such a Hey, no mess, no fuss, no trauma, drama. 
we can just your whole demeanor and and i know you personally and i know that's who you are like you're a creative problem solver so how did you get started in this business how how did you approach your finances just give me the well, I didn't approach my finances until I got into this or shortly before I got into this, which was, which was the impetus for me getting into this. Um, mm-hmm. Obviously, I mean, as you just, as you just alluded to, as we've known each other for years um, and uh, by way of Fox back in our days at Fox. And I started with um, the company right out of school. And I think, and working in the sports media industry, which is something that I strive to do when I was younger. And I think a lot of people, you you get into your first job or, or, or entry level job right out you know near out of school, and I kind of was just operating. I was existing. I was excited to like have this independence, be working. I really wasn't thinking about my financial future. I wasn't thinking about the sustainability of the career financially or any of those things. I was just living life and enjoying it. And it wasn't until as I was navigating my career there, and I think like an any corporate setting, there's definitely, which which they don't teach you in school is how to overcome these hurdles, right? And maybe from a responsibility perspective, from a pay perspective, as you said, you know, at the beginning, there's a pay gap. I didn't even think anything of it. I was just like, oh yeah, someone's making more money than me. Or I didn't even, we, we used to talk about very basic things. And I was like, yeah, these guys are making more than me, more than me. It wasn't until 30 years old when I was, when I had gotten a promotion through through the company and i realized i'm doing all this work and i'm still living paycheck to paycheck and that kind of planted the seed for me as to i'm not not only am i not getting paid my value i don't know how to advocate for myself i have to learn how to advocate for myself but there's a component of this that i have to be in control of and that's also me nurturing the money that I do have. I can't just say, oh, I need to always be making more money if I don't know how to manage the money that I already have. Whether that is, you know, the $20,000, the $30,000, the 50, the 60, 100 and beyond. If I'm not, if I don't manage my money well, I can't just blame the company for, you know, not giving me my financial literacy or not, you know, not taking care of me financially, you know, my, my future. So that was the light bulb moment. And I realized a lot of my girlfriends around me at this time, I was in my, my early thirties and I was, you know, maybe some of it was generational where we thought that like at some point, maybe you get married, you just didn't have to think about these things. And I'm like, a man is not a plan. A marriage is not a plan. And I realized a lot of my girlfriends, regardless of, you know, who they wanted to get married to or wanted that in their life, was that we have to own our own financial future. Yeah. And realized that they didn't know what a 401k was. They didn't know what a Roth IRA. And I kind of knew some of this basic because my dad was a CFO in his career. So we had some of that financial literacy in my household. But again, I wasn't taught strategy. So these were things that I started to have these conversations with my girlfriends. And it wasn't until that I kind of hit my crossroad in, in my sports media career where I was like, I have a passion for something different and for something that can really not only change my life, but other people's lives by giving this financial literacy and education mm-hmm. and not just the education or the literacy. It's like, now we got to act on it. Right, exactly. So what I find so interesting is that you took control. You realized that you had some power there and you took agency and you started learning about it. Um, but not everybody 
has that ability, which is why someone like you who's a certified financial planner who can actually say, hey, here's how it works. Yeah, yeah, super important. So some of the things that I'm really curious about, and, you know, we talk about investments, and we talk about the stock market, and bonds are not a big thing right now. They may start to get a little bit better because the interest rates are going up. So if you were going to work with a client who, say, came into like her second, maybe, or third job and was making upwards of six figures, what are some of the things that you would look at initially? Like what, 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 how would the conversation go? Yeah. Well, first and foremost, I think no matter where someone is um, in their financial life is that there's two, there's two things to think about. One is is making sure that you you're the CEO of your money, and not to and to always be thinking about your retirement. But we need flexibility prior to retirement, right. and so that's where investing outside of your retirement account, not just relying on a four hundred one k if you're working in a in a corporate setting, or just investing in a traditional or a Roth IRA because you can't touch that until retirement. But as people are navigating and progressing through their financial life, and things become more complex. Um, the the basic thing too for everyone is investing is not a financial plan. So much we think that by investing, <laughs> you know, by putting money into the stock market by way of a four hundred one k or even a brokerage account and all of these different investment vehicles, this is a financial plan. So many people come to me that do have multiple six figures or people that are knocking on the door of their first six figure, right? And saying, yeah, I have these accounts, but I have no idea what they do for me. I don't know when I'm, when I'm trying to add this all up together, am I secure? Am I going to be comfortable? What does this mean? So again, it's, it's really investing is not a financial plan. Investing is a byproduct of making your money grow for you, but that doesn't give you the confidence that you're going to be able to retire how you want to or retire when you want to. Right. So, yeah. So, I mean, I think the conversation is understanding where do you have money? And for women, a lot of times we hoard cash because we're afraid of the stock market. And then it's understanding their goals. And that's really what planning is, is to say, okay, what is it that you want from life? And we don't have to, the reality is, and maybe when we read this on articles and we hear this in books, it's like, you have to be super clear in all your goals. Let's be real. We don't have to know the crystal ball and like every aspect of what's going to happen in life, but it is attaching your goals to where your money should be and having an idea of like, okay, let's make sure that we're putting money into the right places that's going to give you confidence more so than, you know, just throwing money into investment accounts without understanding what are they doing for you. Right. So if I understand you correctly, it's really designing a financial roadmap ultimately. Yeah. 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 Having investments is not a financial plan (laughs) because, because it's not. And Mm -hmm. I think for many of us, we think like, Oh, well, I've got money. I've got to do something with if you're, talking with someone who has very little experience in money management, in financial planning, and they've just stepped into a role where all of a sudden they're making money and it's the mindset of great, let's go out, let's spend money. What are some things you would say to them to say, that's awesome. Let's focus here instead. Well, I think it's a balance, right? So I think kind of what I said at the beginning was if someone's stepping into a lot of money, now let's look at where 
what your is, is to look at your monthly expenses, right? Have things change, right. right? Maybe sometimes someone, as you make more money, you do have some sort of lifestyle upgrades, right? Maybe you're going from the two bedroom apartment and you've, and you bought the home, right? So maybe now your mortgage is a little bit more than what you were spending in rent. So that's just, it's taking inventory of how's your expenses change. Now, if you're sticking to looking at it from a, per, a, a percentage perspective, right, you still are always going to be able to live within your means. My whole point is to make sure that people don't discount, well, I can't do, I can't save anything or I can't invest anything outside of, you know, my, because I'm not making enough money. If you get into that mindset, I'm always, ch- you're always going to be chasing more money. So it's looking at, okay, where, let's taking inventory and where do you have money? Because as much as, again, retirement's important, most people where we feel overwhelmed or confused is the time in between the two goalposts of life that's happening now and this thing called retirement and all of the time that's going to happen in between. And it's like, well, what should I do with money? I understand I'm supposed to put money into retirement. So I like to organize things into buckets. What do we need money now for the next year, two years? And let's put money into the right bucket for, for those purposes. And then look at life for the next three to six years. We'll put money into the right bucket for, you know, into the right vehicles within that bucket for those purposes. And then we look at long-term seven plus years. That's not retirement. It's like maybe you're in your forties, right? It's like your forties, your fifties, and maybe your early sixties. And then we look at the fourth bucket, which is your retirement bucket. Those are the Mm -hmm. traditional vehicles, right? The 401ks, the IRAs, the Roth. And within each of these buckets, there are vehicles that fuel, that you put your money into, that fuel you being able to make your money work for you. This is where investments fall into play, right? The investments aren't the financial plan. It's how do you put money together in the right vehicles that give, like we talked in the last segment, it's that roadmap. Right, right. Um, I'm really curious about 401k, and this is from a personal experience. <clears throat> Excuse me. And I didn't realize at the time I went from one job to another, and mm-hmm. I did not roll the four, the 401k over. I muddied yep. it. I put funds into it. So mm-hmm. I'm sure I'm not the first woman that's happened to. But when I went to roll it into my new employer, it was like you can't. So could yep. you just talk about some financial warning signs so we don't make mistakes like the one that i made for women yeah well i start with the 401k yeah with the 401k um one i think one of the mistakes that a lot of people make is that they solely rely on their employer's retirement plan we need to no matter probably wherever you live in the country is that you're going to need in 2022, the most that you can put into a 401k is 20,500. You're going to need to put in a lot more than 20,500 to be able to live the comfortable life that you're probably envisioning for yourself. So one is the, the not relying solely on the retire or the retirement for a vehicle just for, you know, through your employer. Now, most of us, we are now working different jobs, right? We're moving from employer to employer. We don't, we may have an old 401k. There's different options and every option is going to be different, you know, really based on someone's circumstances. One option is yes, you can roll it over into your new employer's plan. You can roll it over into what's called a traditional IRA. It's 
you're not going to pay taxes on, you know, that rollover. You can keep it within the old employer plan if they're not kicking you out. In any capacity, there's going to be fees and there's going to be trade-offs. There's pros and cons to all of it. It's just going to be a matter of what is the best situation for you. I find that when you have multiple plans or multiple, you know, multiple, changing jobs, especially as people are doing that more so than now that we're doing that before, is to consolidate that into a traditional IRA. And this way you can be in control of those investment choices, because as we see, there's market changes or it goes, markets go up and down. And if you're putting, if you're leaving it in an old plan or you're rolling it over into your employer's plan, and it's usually, you know, when when it's a six figure and this is like, hey, this is my nest egg, right? This is pretty big right now. You're not making the changes. You're not what's doing. You're not what's called rebalancing. Whereas in a, if you're, if you're, you know, put in an investment or a traditional IRA, then you're usually the, you have some control over that of, and making sure that you are doing the rebalancing um, or it's completely on you to do. So, you know, what rebalancing means is that you need to have diversification within your investment portfolio. So you're not finding yourself either too risky or not risky as you should be according to your, to your time horizon. Right. What I love for you, and, and these are my words, not necessarily yours, but you really do look at the individual and the needs of the individual and where the money is located are they hard assets or soft assets you know is it cash or is it tied up in something and then you also spoke to which i find really interesting because i want to ask you if not in this break in the next break um bag lady syndrome because Mm. i think we all have a fear of oh my god i'm not going to be able to work i'm going to be too old and there's not going to be enough money and so the time to really think about how you set yourself up is now because you can't rely on a 401k. Mm-hmm. So other than being the Sherpa, the financial yeah. Sherpa guy, um, there is that little bit of um, mindset management. And so when yeah. someone gets really overwhelmed, what do you say to them? I think it's breaking it down, right? It's just that we don't have to accomplish everything at, at, at once. And it, personal finance is really about how you do money, right? And, and not really comparing yourself to other people. There's really, if you're getting blanketed advice, then, you know, you're, you should probably run away from that. Now, there are fundamental things that we should all be, we can be doing. But again, now you're, it, it's all going to be relative to you. And that roadmap, you don't, we're sitting here in, in Los Angeles. If we wanted to drive across the country to New York, we don't just expect to just, you know, transport ourselves to New York. There's right. go, we have to get in the car, right? There's going to take time right. to, right. we have to stop for gas. We probably have to have bathroom breaks. There's a lot that's just a lot of pieces that we have to think about and do to get ourselves to New York. That's the same thing in your financial life is that you don't have to focus on every priority. So I think that's really understanding where someone's at. And I help them prioritize what are the things that we should be focusing on now, in six months from now, in nine months, in 12 months, so it doesn't feel so overwhelming. Renee, first I got to thank you because you've taken what can be a very uncomfortable topic and said, oh, we got a roadmap here. And I love the way you were so clear about it. But I want to ask you first about the Women's Wealth Collective. Please share. 
Yeah, so the Women's Wealth Collective is a community within um, that I've been building over the last few years. I think as I've you know worked with some awesome clients and just women in my network, I think the the more that we are talking about finances, and I know that it's not about necessarily walking around with like what's in your 401k on your forehead or, you know, how much is in your bank account. Although, you know, I think that we should have some transparency. If we're talking about the pay gap, we should be talking about what our salaries are and, you know, how are we investing and, and what's in our accounts. But I know that may take time to get there. So for me, it's like a kind of, is building this community uh, around women where we feel comfortable to show up and share these things with each other, right? Ask the questions that may feel overwhelming or like, I think I missed the memo on this one, but everyone else seems to know this, right? Which I can promise you, but half the time, I think our shame, what we think is people are ahead of us or that someone knows that we don't, right? So the more that we can kind of share this in a vulnerable space, as much as we're comfortable in topics that also intersect with our financial life. It's not just about the investing and, and the planning. It's also making sure how are we taking care of aging parents? How can you support yeah. that financially, emotionally? Do you have a state planning in place, right? What do you need a will and trust? We just went through a pandemic, right? Things that we should all have and health directives, those things or buying a house or not buying a house, all of these things that touch our financial life are things that we talk about in this community and um, show up virtually. I have some in-person events for those of you, those of people that are in Los Angeles. Um, and it's a community that I'm building where women want to show up. They want to be uh, not only profitable in their, uh, you know, financial lives, but also their professional lives and then also, uh, you know, in their communities. This is one thing I think that women really do really well is we do build circles of support mm -hmm. and we love the details and you obviously are very tuned into the details and that's what's really critical in having a guide. I called you a financial Sherpa guide yeah. to really understand the various intricacies because that is one of the big concerns that I think causes fear for someone who's never really worked or had any exposure to finance. Yeah. Um, Share with me too, uh, you've got a special offer today for the listeners, which I'm so excited about because, wow. Yes. Well, any, well, anyone who's listening to Lisa, I know is an amazing person, but um, everyone who is listening is going, I am offering a, a free 30 minute, minute uh, intro session, strategy session. So this is our time where we can hop on a call or Zoom, whatever makes more sense for you. But I, I love Zooms. I still am all virtual. But um, is to understand where, where, you know, where are you at with money? Let's talk about your money mindset, right? Well, something is probably causing you some sort of angst or un or uncertainty. And I will, will work, we will work through that in our 30 minute call. And I will make sure that not only do you work through that uncertainty or work through that money mindset, that narrative, but also set you, um, set you with some actionable tips. So especially as we're coming to the end of the year, Q4, we're like, oh my God, where did 2022 go? You know what you should be doing for at least for the next few months and beyond. That is awesome. 
That is awesome. So what I do want to share is that that's complimentary. There's no obligation, but why wouldn't you take advantage of it? Because for so many of us, there's that thought of, oh, I'll do it tomorrow. Oh, I'll do it tomorrow. And then tomorrow becomes today and we still haven't done it. And as a woman, especially if you are a single woman, which I am, so I've always been very mindful of my finances. Um, or if you're married, you know, things can change. We just went through that pandemic Many people mm-hmm. died and, uh, you know, it's, we, we need to be paying attention to this. So that is awesome. I also want to put in one more plug for your Women's Wealth Collective because that sense of coming together and the transparency and the being able to talk about, you know, I felt I mentioned my 401k when I went from one job to the other and I felt like such an idiot. But I talk about it because I don't want anyone else to do that, to, to, yeah. to muddy it. Yeah. Well, I think to your point is I find one of the, the, the narratives that a lot of women tell ourselves, tell themselves, I used to tell myself too, because I'm a perfectionist, is that if I make a mistake, then I can't undo it. Correct. And, right, and if you keep telling yourself, I'm afraid to make a mistake, then you're never taking action. You're missing out on opportunities to make your money work for you. If you've right. made you know, a mishap, right, not necessarily a mistake, there... It, nothing is permanent, right? It may feel Mm -hmm. painful, right? Maybe sometimes you can't undo something. That doesn't mean that something is, you you know, you can't work around it. So I think that is a lesson that a lot of women need to kind of remember and hear is that don't be afraid to make a mistake, you know, get the support. And if you've made a mistake, don't vilify yourself. You're not a failure. Right, exactly. Well, what's so interesting is we're such creative problem solvers. And with mm-hmm. other people, we make miracles. And with ourselves, we judge ourselves. Oh, we judge ourselves. We do, yeah. you know, yeah. self, you know, yes, we yeah. judge ourselves. And I think that shame and that judgment that we think that, which is why, again, within this Women's Wealthy Collective, I want to really share these stories and, and, and helping you know, people go from, you know, not having a good money mindset or just feeling the scarcity. It's because the more that we can share with each other, you realize, oh, as as I'm looking I'm behind the curtain of someone else's life, they actually don't have it. They don't know all these answers either. We're all, this isn't something that we've been taught. So we have to come together and right. have these conversations and get the support. I think exactly. the financial industry is notorious, you know, for not it's having essential. transparency. Yeah, essential. So, Brene, any bits of wisdom you'd like to add at the end? Because you know your 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 approach is just so pragmatic, and your direction is so pragmatic. Every woman can take control of their finances. What What would you like to say to the listeners? One is that yes, you can take control. It's never too late to take control. I think a lot of times, you know, we think that time has passed us by, and that oh, it's just not worth it at this point, not feeling fearful of making a mistake or feeling shame or judgment. Um, because I can promise you in this, and I've seen everything, you know, I've experienced things in my own financial life, not to have any shame or judgment because you never know what goes on behind, you know, closed doors and to, and to, and to think about it in bite size buckets, right? It's just say, let me make sure that I, I am moving money forward and that I'm advocating for my future self. You don't just arrive to the forest. You have to plant the seeds. And sometimes you want to maybe nurture one part of the forest and those seeds that you're growing. And you're like, let me just throw those seeds somewhere, you know, down the road. But like, you're not really 
prioritizing. And that's okay. It's just to think about it in a, in a roadmap perspective into different buckets and that money should be moving for you. Otherwise, you're always going to be chasing more money. Your money needs to be working for you. You own your money. Your money should not be owning you. Right. And it's that same idea of if you don't take action, that is taking no action. That's taking an action, no action. And it's not being able to take advantage of the assets you have. Yeah. Renee, could you just share your uh, email address again? Yes. It's R-E-N-E-E dot C-O-H-E-N at N as in North, M as in Mary dot com. And also to Women's Wealth Collective, this is a newsletter that goes out. Is that correct? And also meetings. It's a newsletter. And- yep, it's a newsletter. Great. So you can get on my, um, you know, email. If, email me if you want the info session or you want to be on the newsletter or both. Um, it's a newsletter. It's it's me- virtual meetings, and I do also some in person meetings. But it all falls underneath this uh, wealthy women and have uh, you know info sessions about different topics. We talk about you know different financial topics. I bring in some guest speakers and um, yeah. So it's a community that I'm building. Awesome. So if you can't take advantage of Renee's offer for a free strategy session to get uh, your arms around your financial planning, sign up for the Women's Wealth Collective. You can use the same email, Renee, R-E-N-E-E dot C-O-H-E-N at N like North, M like Mary dot com. Renee, it has really been my pleasure and it's just like, this is so empowering. I think not only do women take control of their agency, their finances, their control, but really, you know, stand, stand in empowerment. I am really one for us all being autonomous. I really am. Thanks for listening to Grace, Grit, and Getting It Done. I'm your host, Lisa Gillette. If you'd like more information or to contact me directly, send me an email, lisa at Sky. B-I-G-S-K-Y dot coach. Lisa at bigsky.coach. Thanks for listening.